Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Hello, everybody. I'm Nicolene Peck, and this is the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm joined here today with Paige Peck. Paige Peck. I can't even say your name. My beloved daughter who I named, whose name is Paige Peck. So sorry about that. And the title of our podcast today is Chilling with the Children, Improving Time Spent with the Family. We only have so much time, right? Each of us in our lives and in our days and everything else. And I don't know if you're like me, but you're always wondering how to improve that family time, how to get more time, how to carve out little bits and that kind of thing. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to be viewing today all of this uh, information and this talk that's happening in this podcast through the lens of self-government. So this podcast is brought to you by teachingselfgovernment.com, which is the website that tells all about how to teach your children self-government. And there's always a little catch in there, and that is you can't teach something that you're not working on yourself, right? True story. Uh, so every person has to learn self-government themselves first. And so this site is also for parents wanting to learn to govern themselves better so that they don't get so angry and frustrated and that kind of stuff. Anyway, so what is self-government? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them, which means that a person goes about self-mastery or self-control by deciding ahead of time, okay, how am I gonna accomplish these tasks? How am I gonna go about problem solving when I have a problem? What's my plan? And then they go forward with the plan and they check up on how they're, they're doing with the plan along the way. And this is incredibly empowering process for both adults and children. And, and Paige was raised that way. She doesn't ever remember a time that you weren't working on self-government. No, it was definitely something that was part of our family culture just because mom decided it was going to be that way. And so it was something that we were always working on whether we recognized it or not. It was actually really awesome. And I'm really grateful for it now. Yeah. I mean, we could go into great detail about how grateful you are for it now, but we're going to hear more and more details about Paige's life and, and her musings and her thoughts and, and how she is as a young adult going through life and how self-government helps her in, in some of her pursuits, which is kind of a fun thing for us to see. But we're also going to be talking about children and parents because that's <laughs> one of our favorite things. Oh, yes. And many people don't know this, but Paige is actually a certified teaching self-government mentor. So we have people who can teach what I teach, and she is certified to do that which is incredible for years yeah, since she was for a while. Yeah. Since she was probably eight years old, she's been teaching people self-government skills. Not certified skills. since I was eight. But. No, you got certified <laughs> when you were 18, but, but you've been teaching people skills of self-government and teaching with me at conferences right. and in some of the like three day trainings we do and stuff like that for years now. So um, if we go through this, if you've got any questions, we've got a teaching self-government support group, which is a really great place to ask your personal individual questions. So if you go to teachingselfgovernment.com and you find, you know, in the shopping page, there's a little thing that tells where the support group is and you can find that there. Anyway, I'm happy to answer personal questions, but uh, those usually happen in the weekly calls on the support group. All right. So we're talking about chilling with our children and so and improving the time that we have with our children and one thing that i like people to recognize is that it doesn't take a lot of money you know no. to make a great activity with your children in fact as paige and i were talking about putting this segment together we were like 
oh my word, we could just sit and list activity <laughs> after activity after activity. And we're like, well, that would get a little boring, right? People would just be sitting there writing down activities. And, you know, that we've done as a family, because we're kind of creative people and, and maybe even not, but, but we just have fun, whatever we're doing. And um, so we decided that instead, maybe what we do is just every so often, maybe even every podcast, just share one fun idea of something that you can do with your family this week. So we're going to start out right now with an idea that, that was born at a birthday party, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's called, we call it Lego add-on. So my little brother, he loves Legos and so do my older brother. So we accumulated tons of Legos, buckets and buckets. And it was so fun. So at a birthday party, but we did it for different family nights and stuff like that. We would take a good chunk of Legos and put them out on a cookie sheet. And then we would all kind of pick a topic of what we wanted to build. Say it was like in the office or from the circus or, you know, whatever. And we would all start building something. And we'd set a timer for like a minute or a minute and a half. And then when the timer went off, we would have to give our creations, whatever we were building and wherever we were at, to the person next to us. And, you know, either clockwise or counterclockwise, however. And so then they would have to start building on it, however, what they thought it was. And so by the time it all switched and we got our Legos back, it was definitely far from what we were starting with. <laughs> well, and the thing was, we didn't ever tell anybody. So it was right, a secret, right. right? So it was like, okay, in my head, what do I think I'm going to be building, you know, that's like on Main Street. Maybe our topic is what's on Main Street. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to build a fire truck or a firehouse or something like that. And so... I start working on it, but I don't tell anybody what I'm doing, but I'm looking for red bricks, you know, and different things. And I'm trying to put it together, but I've got like one minute or maybe we did two minutes for the Seven. first person yeah. so they could really get it going. But then, so we had like, you know, a couple of minutes. So you've got to gather and build fast out of this little cookie sheet. And then and everyone knows they're not going to get done. Right. So they just get as close to done as they can in the amount of time that we picked. And then we move on around the circle and each person, every one minute they, we pass them something and they look at it and they're like, I wonder what this is supposed to be. And maybe they're like, maybe it's supposed to be a boat when really it was supposed to be a fire truck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or something like that. And so they're like, okay, I'll build a boat, you know? And then, and then it goes person to person. And by the time they get the fire truck back, it looks like an ice cream parlor or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, or just like whatever, a float, you yeah, know? It's really fun though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And what that was really fun. And, and it was something that I invented for uh, Quinn's birthday party. So Quinn was having a Lego birthday party and that's what the theme that he wanted. And so I thought, okay, well, what can we do for a Lego birthday party? And I just invented this game that we were going to play and they loved it. And then after that party, all of the children kept asking to play Lego add-on when we would just have some downtime or family time or, mm -hmm. you know, for family activities that we would schedule together. Anyway, so there's, there's our fun thing for the week, our fun little activity, easy to do. And it doesn't have to be Lego. You could no. do it with any kind of blocks. You could do it with drawing. Yeah. You could do it with all sorts of stuff. Whatever clay, like yeah. modeling clay or salt dough. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's so many things you could do it with. Like there's those magnet sticks that build. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, anything that builds or yeah, like a picture or whatever. Yeah. But you have to help people accept no answers. That's a lesson for another day because if somebody draws a picture and somebody kind of ruins it cause they turn it into something else or somebody <laughs> builds something and they ruin it cause they turn it into something else. They have to be able to know the steps to accepting a, a no answer so that they don't take it personal and they can be okay. And no, everybody just has fun and doesn't complain. Right. It takes a slight bit of adaptability. So sometimes you have to preteach again, a lesson for another day anyway, <laughs> for how to do that and the be, be most effective at that. So let's talk about, um, chilling with our children, there was one idea that was just shared, right? And it didn't cost us a thing. I mean, initially, yeah, but the children already <laughs> had the Legos just around the house. So it was just something super easy that we could use and that we could build with as a family. And it was fun and you could do it time and time again. And it turns into a different activity every single time, which is so fun. So every group you do this with, it's going to be a different experience. And so all kinds of fun. That's the 
kind of an activity that makes a great memory for mm -hmm. families, mm -hmm. you know, something that you can talk about too. Cause it's like, no, I did that because I wanted it to be this. And then, Oh, well, I thought you were doing this, <laughs> you know? And so it turns into this great conversation piece that lasts for quite some time, at least for the evening. And, you know, talking is a, an important part of building a strong relationship. So let's oh, talk sure. about what makes a good, a good strong relationship because when we're talking about spending time with the family and maximizing the time, we have to be clear on the purpose. Right. What's the purpose? I mean, to make relationships strong, right? Well, I'd say that's like the whole purpose of why we're even here. That's true. That's deep, Paige. I just did a pause because I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's deep. Yeah, it is. That's the whole point. In, in my opinion, let's see, we all show up here. We're popped into families. We can't even get here without <laughs> being part of a family. Like biologically, it's Whoops. not possible, you know? And, and so that means that we're supposed to have these trainers that teach us all the time. And that's, and then we're supposed to be nurtured and grow AKA parents. Yeah. And, and, and children grow really slow, right? Yeah. Fast, but slow. Yeah, that's true. Fast, but slow. Oh my, sometimes too fast. Like you, <laughs> you've grown up way too fast. Anyway, life happens. Life does happen for sure. So fast, but slow, but, but they do grow fast or grow slow. Where I was going to say they grow slow. <laughs> I, I just, now you threw me off. Sorry about that. Anyway, so they, they do, they, they take time. They take nurturing. There's, they take time. Mm hmm they take wow. time. Wow. Back to time. Back to time. <laughs> so I love that. Let's talk about some of the things that, um, that, that make a good family relationship or a good, you know, parent child relationship, or we could talk, we could say siblings, you know, sibling to sibling relationship, relationship in general. Yes. Yeah, spouse relationships, friend relationships, extended family relationships. They all require to some degree, all of these components, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so let's see. First off, talking, you know, talking is important. Making sure that we have good, open communication as a group or as two individuals. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, more, it's important because like if you're talking, sure, there's things to talk about, but it's also the important talking, you know, talking about important issues or stuff like that and not just pleasantries. But along with that, if someone's talking, someone's got to listen. Oh yeah. No, it's so true. So parents come to me all the time and they're like, my kids won't open up, you know? And they're so worried about that. You know, somebody's put up a wall. I mean, some personalities don't open up as well as others, but then sometimes there's phases of life where, where people disconnect, where the bond is not good. Yeah. And if people don't have good open communication, you know that the bond is damaged. Yeah. Well, it could be that the parent is just talking and talking and talking and talking, but they're not taking the time to listen. Right. Or it could be the other way around where um, the child just keeps talking, talking, but the parent won't listen. Oh, that's true. Because some parents put up the communication walls. They yeah. don't realize it. And they're like, how come my child won't do what I say? And it's like, well, you've sort of shut them out. Mm -hmm. And so now they don't care. I mean, that can totally happen. In fact, I've seen that happen in many relationships and it's always kind of a sad thing. So let's, so listening goes with talking. Right. right? That's huge. Um, in fact, I think just the, the majority of people that I know are probably more excited about talking than listening. Yeah. Cause listening takes time. Yeah, it does. It takes time. Major ha having good open communication takes time. Mm -hmm. That's another huge thing. Like you got to invest an amount of time into this. So yeah. Oh, listening. You know, there's a lot of different things that can improve your listening and we could go in great detail about just how to listen better. And maybe that's a thing we'll do for another time. Um, but, but one thing that we do as a family is we try to just like stop, you know, when people are listening, like, or when people are talking like, Whoa, stop, give them that minute, look in their eyes. Mm-hmm you know, and really try to think about what they're saying instead of what you want to say. As soon as you start thinking about what you want to say, you stop listening. Right. And it's noticeable. Yeah. Because when you really th think about, if you're trying to think about what you're going to say, then you miss half of what they're saying anyway. Yeah. And so it's kind of defeats the purpose. Totally. Totally. Okay. So what else makes a good relationship? 
Well, sometimes people say things that are hurtful. And so well, that doesn't make a good relationship. No, but <laughs> what does is being able to forgive someone. Yeah. You know, for whether it was something they said, something they did, um, and just not taking it personal. I was just gonna, that was the thought in my head, not taking well, it personal. It's like we're related. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and, and I think because that's the thing is, is really it's become popular in our society to take things personally. Yeah. In I fact, mean, it, was, it was hilarious. I saw a meme one time and it said, what's the magic word to get what you want? And the little boy says, I'm offended. <laughs> No, it's funny. It is funny, but, but it's because it's true. So sad. <laughs> it's so sad that that is the joke of our day. That we're going around and we're saying, "Okay, well, who got offended now? Well, am I the offended or am I the offender?" Right? Mm -hmm. And and you know, and so there's always. So it's like there's always a bad guy. Yeah. Everywhere there has to be a bad guy. Why does there have to be a bad guy? Why do there have to be scary people, bad guys? There doesn't. No. No, everyone's just people and they're all learning and they're all growing and doing, especially in a family. Oh, yeah. I mean, think of the thing. Well, you don't know this, but I know this. Think of the growth that parents go through. Okay. <laughs> think of yourself right now. Okay. 22 years old. Almost. Yeah. Almost. You're nearly there. But think of this. Okay. If all of a sudden you were to get married and have a child, which could, you know, feasibly happen. Okay. Get better at some point. <laughs> well, at some point. But I'm just saying like, even if it happened this year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So say it happened, which would be a super big rush because you have to have a husband and whatever. Yeah. But let, let's just say it did. <laughs> like all of a sudden it happened this year. Okay. And, and even though you know all of this, when that baby is handed to you, do you just automatically think, I know everything. Here I go. Oh no. Most times it's like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh-oh, learning. Uh-oh. So the parents are learning. The children are learning. The parents know they're learning. They sometimes try to use that as an excuse or a scapegoat for bad behavior, which right. is not good, yeah. but it is true that they're learning, mm -hmm. right? So everyone mm -hmm. is learning all the time. So, so children are more naturally forgiving to a point. Okay? Yeah. So they're naturally forgiving, especially when they're little time and time again, they will forgive, which gives parents a huge grace period. <laughs> Thank you. So this is major <laughs> grace. It is because it's like, okay, the children are so forgiving right now of me. That means I can work on my own problems <laughs> and I might make a mistake a few times, but hopefully by the time they are past wanting to give me a grace period, I got this thing with myself yeah. figured out. Well, right? that goes into another component of a good relationship is being honest like with others, but also with yourself. Like, okay, I'm not perfect at this, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I need to learn this. And so it's, it's being honest with yourself. Cause I think a lot of people have, they struggle with that. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, offending offender, they just want to blame it on someone else or don't, you know, they don't want to admit it to themselves but that's that all they lie. have an issue. Exactly. Yeah. That's all buying a lie, promoting a lie. Yeah. If you're offending or being an offender, cause that's all just manipulating yeah which is then the opposite of honesty mm -hmm. absolutely so so i don't want to leave forgiving without right, just right. saying parents have to forgive their children too oh yeah because like how many parents think oh yeah my child's gonna be the perfect <laughs> they see their child can do something like spell dinosaur when they're three or something wow. and they're like my child's a genius they're gonna be perfect they're gonna whatever <laughs> you know and I then know. all of a sudden it's like the child can't ever make a mistake and if right. they do the parents take it so personally or the parents want to look good to somebody else like the neighbors or whatever the in-laws or i don't know they <laughs> take it personally when children are never going to be perfect right. right no one's going to be perfect so forgiving is huge yeah we've got to forgive but then that requires the honest look right, like you were saying right. honest analyzation yeah you've got to have honesty in fact a person can't have self-control without honesty nope because if you don't have honesty you'll just go your fallback will always be excuses yep well i'm too tired well i don't feel well or so and so never lifts a finger well whatever <laughs> that's not an excuse for bad behavior no. right and for bad communication and we already started at the beginning saying good open communication was it's like key. the key right is because it's all these things are hinging on it. The forgiving, the right, listening, the talking, right. the honesty. It's all part of the good open communication. But you know, there's other things like we shared before. Good open communication comes from shared experiences. Mm -hmm. It's true. Because when you're together and you do things together, then you have something to talk about. Right. 
so the other day we went as a family to an escape room okay <laughs> which was oh cr- i love these things i love these they're things. fun they're fun they're a little high stress a little yeah but and, i mean it fun. depends on your personality sure. but i but you know we had this huge group 11 people doing one in escape one little room, room. <laughs> in the dark with all these clues and little flashlights <laughs> and it was crazy and we're trying to get out and but it but it was the coolest thing so so after we're done with the escape room because we had like cousins with us and so it was a big group of people that we were doing this with um you know we get in the car and we're driving back home we've got like an hour drive back home and and all these boys were in my car so i had the boy (laughs) car and um which is always fun oh but you should have heard them talk they're like oh if we would have found this then we would have done it oh if we would have oh remember that oh remember okay i found that thing remember and we didn't know what it was for but then we you know and and they're, they're like <laughs> analyzing it they were like reliving it right yeah. i mean that's what people do i was part of it i was like oh yeah no i think if we would have had an extra five minutes or you know or we spent way too much time on this one you know or whatever mm-hmm. or oh we weren't listening to each other at this part you know and and it was like we were analyzing our communication. We were analyzing our problem solving, solving abilities as a group and every, and it was just the neatest thing to hear these children, like in such deep ways, discuss with each other. I yeah. was like, look at the beauty of shared experiences <laughs> and spending one hour in the dark in a room with 10 <laughs> other people that you love. Like, look at that. Anyway, I don't do scary ones. Just so you know, I, I always make sure it, it's like, a challenge, but not a, I don't do freaky, but that's just me. Anyway, in case you're wondering if I'm promoting super freak out the family night, I'm not, (laughs) I don't do those kinds. You know, this one, we were just trying to catch someone who'd stolen embezzled some money. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So anyway, okay, well, let's see if we can think about anything else. Um, you know, one thing I would just say is that when you're working with people in a relationship and really every person you meet, you end up having a relationship of some, it's true. You know what I mean, whether it's deep or surface level or momentary or it's true. You have a relationship with everyone. Well, and here's the thing is like, here's me and you sitting here together, two people. I have a relationship to you mm-hmm. and you have a relationship to me. Yep. And those are completely different things. Yes. You could decide you don't like me all of a sudden, which I hope it never happened, but just in case. (laughs) Anyway, but you could decide that you don't like me anymore or that you are bothered by me or whatever. And I could be on my side thinking, wow, I just love you so much. (laughs) She is just the best daughter ever. And wow, I'm so glad she's in my life and she's been such a help and whatever. And but you could be thinking something completely different on your side. You could even like, put up a wall. She's so annoying and she just gets in my life all the time. You know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could fill in the blank. Which isn't true. No, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Thanks for clearing that up. Anyway. But, um, no, I, I feel like you, if you give somebody the benefit of the doubt, what that means is on your side of the relationship, you are picking to value that person. Exactly. Even if they make the mistakes. Choice. It's a choice. Let's, we could just sit for the whole time and be like, it's a choice. It's a choice. Okay. It, it is a choice. And, and, and as simple as that sounds, when someone is in the heat of the moment or when someone has said something that didn't come across right or whatever, sometimes a person might feel like they don't have a choice on how to respond. But they do. There's always they a do. choice. There's always two sides to everything. Especially if you have skills that you can lean on. I know for me, there have been times where someone will say something I'm like, Ooh, you know, I could take that personally and that could be really hurtful. Or I could just say, you know what? They're having a really stressful day and I'm sure they didn't mean that. Yeah. I wonder what I could do to better understand that. Yeah. You know? So it's all, is it like, do you care more about yourself or more about the other person? You know? Right. Right. So well, giving, and giving that person the benefit of the doubt. You know I mean, it's a habit to give a person the benefit of the doubt. It is. You have to it? make it a habit. And, and underneath that, there's some maturity, mm-hmm. you know, which is interesting because children give the benefit of the doubt immediately because they unless they've been taught otherwise. Yes. That, cause I've seen children who immediately are like, they're leaving me out. 
yeah. there, whatever. And I'm like, okay, what friend started the leaving me out thing mm -hmm. or what even adult started the leaving me Which out thing. Yeah. Because that's not something that normally happens. Normally kids just go with the flow. Like, yeah, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That's I'll just, I'll just go follow them or <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go hang out with those people. Yeah. And, and, and it's not until a little bit later like, oh, until they've had more life experiences that they so it's funny. It's like you give the benefit of the doubt, you get more experiences, you get more judgmental, don't give the benefit of the doubt, and then have to train yourself how to give the benefit of the exactly. doubt. And so we need to like go back to some of those child truths or whatever. Now, as I'm looking at this whole list that we're forming here together, in my mind, we got the listening and the forgiving and the honesty and good communication, experiences that we share together, giving the benefit of the doubt. The thing that occurs to me that to some degree or another in all of these there is this component which we've already mentioned is time time so we the, the subtitle to this podcast is improving time spent with family mm -hmm. and so i'd like to take you know pretty much the rest of this time that we have <laughs> and talk about time the concept of time is something that has really every person every person to some degree or another uh, is obsessed with time. Mm -hmm. I would think, and and that's because guess what? Our whole life runs by time. And well, if you we think know about it, it, like a fifteen-year-old, they want to be sixteen so bad, and time just goes so slowly. Oh yeah, they yeah. Just... They're like, I want to be sixteen, or a seventeen-year-old can't wait to be eighteen, you know, or an eleven-year-old can't wait to be twelve, or the five-year-old can't wait for Christmas to come. Oh, so true. And okay. it just goes so slow. Yeah, or the mother that has five kids feels like can't wait for bedtime. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, but also, but also she's like, where did my time go? I need two of me. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so, so people talk about time all the time, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's not like just what time are you going to be there? But it's like, so how's your life? How's your life? And when people ask, how's your life? They're basically saying, so what are you doing with your time? Yeah. Because with my time, I've been cooking dinner and I've been, you know, and I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off or with my time, I can't seem to find time to do my exercise or in my, you know, and so to some degree or another, anytime we talk about the facts, what's happening in somebody's life, we're always talking about time. Okay. And then maybe that's not as deep as it is to me, but I, I feel like it is. I also have noticed that if you look at, you know, uh, really classical stories and uh, writers. Okay. We can go classical, 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 like Holy Bible. Okay. <laughs> it all starts with time. It's true. The whole thing. In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. Right. Well, how do you go? Well, there's the beginning yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. And, and what does it go toward? The whole, the whole book goes toward these end days, right? Yeah. Oh, time. Wow. Time begins, time ends. <laughs> it's, it's all about time, right? And then there's words in there like eternity. You're like, oh, right? eternal, <laughs> you know, or whatever, celestial. What does that mean? Is that another time realm? Like, you know, what, what yeah. are we talking about? Heaven and hell. And, and it's like, well, wait a minute. How long do we spend in those places? Yeah. And when do we get? <laughs> oh, well, that's all about time. Like everything goes into time. So I love Shakespeare. Um, now I'm so good. I know not everybody would have the same love of Shakespeare that I had, that I have, but you know, some people are really critical of Shakespeare, but I have to say, I really enjoy Shakespeare because, well, number one, I was raised, but raised by a play director father. Uh, yeah. Okay. An I'll actor, play director who quoted Shakespeare all the time. So I heard all of the wise and witty Shakespeare before I ever even read Shakespeare. Shakespeare yeah. yeah. And plus I saw so much of it acted out that, and it's meant to be seen, right? Shakespeare is the study of the human condition. And that's mm -hmm. why I love it. Um, you see the worst of humanity in Shakespeare. And you see the best of humanity mm -hmm. in Shakespeare. And you see confusion and conflict and love and toil and class distinctions. And, you know, all these different things. And the wisdom in poverty and the... And the, the what is it? Office the foolishness in, in wealth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and the other way around too, right? But you just see everything and... And I, and I love it. But the thing is, is I don't know if people know this. If you haven't read a lot of Shakespeare, you might not recognize this. And if you don't actually think in iambic pentameter in your head, okay, <laughs> because you can read Shakespeare and not actually okay. be in an iambic pentameter mode, which is his rhythm that he does with the, with the, um, with the words, with the words. Yeah, exactly. But if you read his stuff in iambic pentameter, um, then what 
happens is you realize that he gives the word time two syllables hmm. very often. So it's time. 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 He drags it out like that. And so many of his characters are obsessed with time. They're like, oh, when I was a youth, I did this. <laughs> and then I grew to this phase and then this phase and then this phase. And now I'm close to dying, you know. And, the, and they talk about their journeys through life. And their and experiences. The old people and the young. And that's a big part of it, mm -hmm. you know. And so time is clearly crucial. In fact, you know, we all have 24 hours what? every day. No. No, this is a true thing. People don't think it. <laughs> People think, oh no, I don't have time. I don't have time for this. And what it really means is, oh no, I forgot to schedule my time. Or, <laughs> oh no, I haven't managed my day properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paige, that's never happened to you, Oh right? no, 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 no. Okay, first, like, I don't even know if I can pull the microphone aside and have just a little private moment, but I want you to know that Paige is probably, of all my children, the one that struggles with time management the most. It, yeah. The most. <laughs> and It's a struggle. The thing is, though, okay, so she's, she's up at the university now, and, and she's, you know, doing fabulously there, but she even will tell me, oh, I've been so good with my time with this, this I've got all these things done today, and I'm like, whoa, seriously, no, it's an accomplishment because for her, that was the hardest thing to self-govern. Uh, yeah. Was her, was Because I'm time. a very social person, so I'm like, and I live with five other girls who are super fun to hang out with. Yeah. And so they always have all these things they want to go do, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Paige understands uh, Paige understands that she actually does have time, but what she does with her time makes a big difference. Yeah. So then we run into the problem of, okay, so then, then we have all these lists of things to do. People want to do lists. They want to get all these things done. They want to have efficient time, mm -hmm. okay? But when we're talking about relationships, can we even bring efficiency into it? It's hard, right? Like, so it's, it's hard to make because, like, if you think about the word efficient, people usually think, okay, we're gonna get this done, this done, this done, this done. You know, just as fast as possible, the yeah. best way possible. But it also means efficient in my mind means getting a job well done in the shortest time possible. Uh, that's effective. Oh yeah, okay. that is different that's than effective. efficient. Efficient, efficient is just yeah. getting it done as quickly as possible. It's just like, check, 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 yeah, check, yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I think of relationships, I'm like, I want it to be effective. Yeah. I want my time to be Not effective. Efficient. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Okay. So, so in the 1970s, uh, crazy time, oh, you yeah. know, in the history of the United States anyway, but, but pretty much globally, especially Western society. Um, in the 1970s, there was this new phrase that just like hit the scene. Okay. And the phrase was, quality time wow before the 1970s there's nothing there was no such thing as quality time i mean we can argue well there was but, but it was not labeled the was not coined nothing was labeled as quality time versus not quality time there was either time or not time. Or not time. Now think, in the 1970s, we've got everybody in a car who can drive everywhere that they want. You know, I mean, at that point, really, there, most everyone was in a car mm -hmm. by then. You know, and then we've got telephones all over the place, you know, that people can do. We've got TV that's just mainstream in every home by then. You know, um, so technology is really beefing up, which means you can do more. We've got like probably electric checkouts that are happening <laughs> at some stores and, you know, things like that, that are just like speeding things up, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. self-serve at the gas pump as opposed to like full serve all the time. So you can be in and out as quick as possible and, you know, trains and planes, airplane travel becoming, you know, very, very popular by oh, then. Yeah. And so, you know, there was just, people could do more faster. And so when we look at that and we realize, oh, well then all of a sudden here comes this term quality time. Oh, by the way, there was another movement that happened in the 1970s that was huge. So it started actually after the Second World War. A lot of women had to go to work during the war. Right. Their husbands were gone. And so 
Um, and then some of their husbands didn't come back. So then what so you had do? to keep working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to stay at work. Um, but then, you know, but the ideal for families was like, no, we're going to, you know, we're, the children need the mothers there, mm -hmm. right? The presence in their life. So, so they were trying to, you know, as a society, everyone was trying to, with the next generation, get those mothers back in home if possible with the children and, and, you know, and that kind of stuff so that the families were, you know, maintaining their stability. And so we hit the 1970s and all of a sudden there's this movement that is actually goes about declaring, which I find very offensive, declaring that a person who is, you know, a mother, a stay at home mother say is somehow some like lesser citizen or, or persecuted or, uh, oppressed. Yeah. Okay. So there was this liberation movement. Well, one of this woman in this liberation movement, and I find that offensive because, um, you're offended. <laughs> well, uh -oh, uh -oh. Did I use the wrong word? No, no, but I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it is offensive. It's offensive to yeah. to be to be a person who I am a career woman. I have I have always but been also perfectly capable of you know running a career, running a business, running a nonprofit organization, all these things. But my heart is at home. Mm -hmm. My heart is with my children, and I've tried to budget all of it so that I can do it out of this house, right? Because <laughs> right. that's what I want to do is be with my kids. That's the top priority in my family. So anyway, there was this quality time phrase that came out. In fact, there was a woman who wrote an article called How to Be Liberated. Maybe it was originally a speech. I'm not sure. But anyway, and um, her name was Ms. Burton. And she coined this, this phrase, quality time. And she said, a woman's right and responsibility is to be self-fulfilling. Oh, wow. I, I'm glad that hits you weird. Because to me, that's an awkward thing. It's like, what? How selfish. Your, your right and responsibility is just yourself, like just to take care of yourself. Well, if you think about it. If, How could that if be a woman human's that. responsibility? Or man. Have, yeah. Because then, well, then what are the men supposed to do? Take care of the women and everybody else? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, well, if, you, if a woman thinks that, they should at you least. I shouldn't get into this conversation on podcast. They should, they should think back <laughs> yeah. onto what their mother did. Like, if their mother was self-fulfilling then they probably would not be where they are today. Maybe there were some women who were out of balance and not really, not really doing any self-nurturing, which is a thing. You need True. to do a little bit of okay. it. Okay. Self-care. You know, I don't know. I don't know exactly where this, where this was born, but I do feel right. like it's incredibly selfish statement. Right. Definitely. And, and she said, um, that the whole idea was to give all the things and people in your life quality time rather than quantity time rather than quantity time now remember before this statement was made uh which is where they track the the concept to you know i'm sure everyone was like yes that's genius that's beautiful because then all i need to do is spend like 10 minutes with my husband and i'm sure it'll be fine for the week you know <laughs> or what i mean it's like you know can't you just see people going perfect now i can get my nails done you know yeah. or, or whatever i mean i don't know what it is i have nothing against nails but I'm, there's a lot of things that that are miss like we prioritize yeah. incorrectly and and so you know we may we may get all the shopping done but we didn't look at any of the people and have any conversations then where are we right it's true um so there's actually in and since this happened in 1970 um which i think really threw a lot of people into a frenzy of just micro organizing their time down to these teeny time snatches for each of these little things so that they could be more and more um efficient at unchecking off their lists, mm -hmm. you know, and so quality time became an efficiency thing. Exactly. So we instead lost, of an effective, so thing. there's no effectiveness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No effectiveness. Well, and before this, remember time was time. You right. either spent time or, or you didn't. didn't. And that was, and that it. was quantity time. Because it was just time. Yeah. yeah. It was a quantity value. Exactly. However much it was, it was what was needed. And mm -hmm. that's what you did. Right. And that was understood. And yeah. so how long does it take to grow a plant in the field? However long uh, it few needs. Months. <laughs> <laughs> However long it needs. Like you just, how long does it take to grow a child? However long it needs. Yeah. How long does it take to cook dinner? However long it takes. Right. <laughs> but now we're like, no, I only have 10 minutes. We're going to stop at McDonald's. Right. Yeah. It's like, I mean, everything is all about that. Efficiency. That what would be considered quality. Well, we ate the food. 
Yay. you know, instead of quantity of time. Right. Um, and no offense against anyone that goes out to eat, done it myself. I'm just Plenty saying, of times. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's like a thing that's taken over our yeah. culture. Right. So anyway, um, like so it's also a popular, popular phrase now for, uh, if you've heard of the love languages, the five love languages, that's one of them. Oh yeah. Gary Chapman. Yeah. Yep. The five, yep. Langu- five love languages. And so it's, it's something that we use often now to describe how we relate to others. And it's, it's true because I, I consider quote unquote quality time as one of my love languages. That's my talk. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, but for us, it means something different. So, and I think and in I this think case to, it does. I think Gary Chapman meant it to be. Yeah. So it means it as like taking quantity time and putting quality to it. Actually, well, here's the thing. He didn't say that, at least nowhere I read. Did he say that? But every person that is a quality time person knows it's quantity. It's quantity of time. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to be doing anything. <laughs> quality means quantity. Like I could be just sitting next to you and just like, we could just be looking at the clouds roll by. This, this whole podcast is quality time for, for us. For us. Yeah, totally. It is. Totally. So, so it's like, but it would take time if I like sat down and was like, okay, I have exactly seven minutes to look at the clouds. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and then ding, 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 my alarm goes off and I get out of the thing. (laughs) It just wouldn't work. So there are, there are people who have promoted uh, these self-proclaimed experts. Okay. In recent years who have promoted that, um, you, a parent only needs seven minutes a day with their children. Obviously they are advocates for boarding school or something or whatever, <laughs> but anywhere that you would take a child and not be with them. But I'm like seven minutes a day. But see, then they would say, well, seven minutes a day of quality time. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to talk to my child for seven minutes a day. Now, Paige, I got to ask you something just really objective here. I'm throwing this out. Uh, you're probably not planning on it, but you have a boyfriend. I do. Okay. We're not going to name him. Nope. Because we're not to that <laughs> but stage, but he's, great. but he's awesome. Okay. So, so she's got a boyfriend Paige, If you only, uh, talked, uh, spent seven minutes a day with your boyfriend, you're thinking, is that even possible? But, okay. But if, but if you were only spending seven minutes a day talking to your, to your boyfriend or being with your boyfriend, how, how quickly do you think you would move to the next level in your relationship? Oh, it would take forever. It's yeah, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't even know, know who other. he is because you wouldn't even be able to get past pleasantries. Right. Takes a good five to six minutes just to talk about how the day went sometimes more. Well, yeah, there might yeah. be things you have to tell yeah, and, and people might ask questions and that's called listening and talking. Yeah, no, we, that's we, talk, <laughs> we talk every night, sometimes for a couple hours, if not more. Yeah. And that's, and that's what is uniting you together is bonding you together. And that would be the thing that takes you to the next level yeah. is being that connected to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how two people become one. Right. Whenever that throughout connection. the years, whenever my husband gets really busy and I get really busy, we don't see each other as much. Even if we're sending texts on the phone or whatever, it's just not the it's same not relationship. The same. It's not the same, you know? And and so people may, you know, think, well, what is this weird lady? She calls instead of texts all the time. Oh, Wait, I love calls. No, because actually, it. because actually I believe in real quality time. Yeah. So I don't know if we well, should just rule out the term quality time altogether no, and just no. say time is time. But then I love Gary Chapman's, you know, concept that people yeah. need time and he calls it quality time. So I don't want to rule it out, but there is a difference between well, how could, people, you know, view that. Yeah. Well, it could go the other way as well. Uh, if you think about it, a mother who is in the same room as her children all day, but is on, say she's on her phone, that's quantity time, but where's the quality of it? Oh, okay. Oh, see, very good. Yeah. That's not really being there. No. I would actually say you're not there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you're sitting on your phone and you're scrolling Instagram, okay. Or whatever, yeah. or you're typing in posts and memes and, and you're doing your office work on your phone, which I get it guys. I it know happens. how that <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But if you are doing that, when your children are around, that does not count as time with your children. Yeah. If your children are at the park and you're sitting over somewhere else at a table talking to a friend or on your phone, then that's not actually time with, with your children. That is, you took your children somewhere and spent time and with you something had, or someone else. 
you had your own personal quality time. Yeah. So some people think me time. That, yeah, me time, which is another type of quality time. Yeah. Which is, you know, self-care. You do need that every now and then. Well, yeah, no, no it's not. I mean, we for sure wouldn't want to talk bad about having a little bit of downtime. Right. Different personalities, especially, you know, the more extroverted don't need that as much. They need more social, yeah. you know, t quantity and quality of time. And the, and the more introverted people are like, I just got to reboot here. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and they just mm -hmm. need a little bit of a reboot time, which is fine. But when we're talking about a relationship and we're that planning out, of time is you've got to give it. Yeah. You've just got to give it. There's actually so many memories. Some of my favorite memories that I have with you, you know, that are just time spent talking. Yeah. Like we literally weren't even doing anything per se. Um, one of my favorites is we used to sing in a bar, a women's barbershop course for about four years when I was 11 till I was about 14 or 15. So and, it's all acapella. Right, yeah. right, right. And it, it was in Salt Lake and we live about an hour-ish away from Salt Lake City. And we, we would have to drive in, you know, it would be an hour drive in and an hour drive back and an hour spent there. It was an hour, two hours, something like that. Oh no, it was, it was a three hour rehearsal. Three hour rehearsal. So yeah. we had five hours every Thursday night. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so but three the hours of it, we were looking at a director and singing. We would sometimes look at each other and smile <laughs> and we always got to stand by each other yeah. on the risers, but we were just standing part. next to each other for three hours, but that wasn't quality. No. We were, we were there doing a project together, but that we could discuss later. Right. Yeah. So we, you know, we had an hour in, so we talk about stuff. And then on the hour back home, we talk about, you know, comments that were mentioned in the choir. Cause there was a bunch of ladies from different backgrounds, you know, different, um, really diverse. Oh yes. Really oh, diverse. Yes. And yeah. so they would say things and, you know, me being 11, 12, 13, I'd be like, mom, what did they mean by that? And I'd be like, oh, didn't think I'd be having this talk tonight, <laughs> but yes, let's do some interesting comments that. every now and then. <laughs> some women like to just be unfiltered. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was so good because it helped me to analyze real life and to analyze different people and to help analyze myself and how I thought about different concepts, different conversations. And it was really awesome to have that one-on-one -on -one mentoring time. You so learned how to be a woman then. Yeah. I, I mean, Paige, out is, with a bunch of women. Paige is actually a really mature person for her age. <laughs> if you can't already tell. Um, and you know, I mean, she reminds me a lot of me actually when <laughs> I was her age. Right. <laughs> anyway, but, um, but she actually even has an edge up in a lot of ways. She knows more than I did at her age, just because I've taken her on my learning journey with me yeah. our whole life. But, but having that experience with those women, I mean, at age, 11 years old, she's thinking to herself, do I want to be like that woman? Or like do I want to be like that woman? <laughs> what woman seems like the more, you know, fun, the more loving, the mature. more pleasant, the more mature, the more with it. Refined. Yeah. Refined. You see all these things. And so, so even though she loved, we loved all the people in oh, the yes. course and they were all so fun and amazing, <laughs> but still she got the opportunity to observe three hours of just the way women behave. Mm -hmm. What a cool thing. It was right? awesome. Yeah. And actually speaking of time, that was something I on purpose did for your upbringing. Yeah. So I mean, my, I, my I husband, the idea, but. that's true. You wanted the, you wanted to <laughs> like, do take me, singing. let's go. <laughs> but, but my husband had done singing with my oldest son cause he wanted to do that. that and I saw the benefit for him and I went, Whoa, we are doing that for all of our so children. So when I came home and said, yeah. mom, I found this choir. And she's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that it, it was, you know, not all my children have to sing in a choir with us. We've done other things with other children oh, yeah. and spent other types of that time together. But the point is there's a lot of it. Well, yeah. And there's a, another one just real fast. A memory I have with my dad where I was, I think I was about 16 and he called the house phone and he asked to speak with me. He said, okay, hey, be out on the driveway in three minutes. I'll be there to pick you up. He did, you know, spontaneous outings a lot when he would be coming home from work. And so I went out and he took me to dinner and I mean, the food wasn't amazing, but it was just me and him. And, you know, we sat down at a booth at the restaurant and he said, Hey, you know, tell me, tell me everything that's going on in your life. You know, tell me about the boys that you have a crush on. And we had a relationship where I was totally comfortable talking about that. And so, but that was his way of really connecting with me and figuring out what was going on in my life. And that was something that was very special for me because, you know, he was gone quite often. So he tried to take one child out uh, every week and there's four of us. So equaled out about once a month. 
and just spend that time and talk with us and do something special with us, you know, treat us. And that was really, really special because it really created a very strong bond between father and daughter, which otherwise might not have been there, especially because we are very similar temperament wise, which means sometimes we would butt heads on things. But if we didn't have that connection, those times where we weren't butting heads, then that relationship with my father that I have now, which is very strong and very secure and very open, I would not have right Mm. now. Mm. That is really well said. That is really well said. We are at time, but I am glad that you got the opportunity to share that. Yeah. And you know, when we're talking about time, I mean, here we are at time. We have to say that we're end, the end of time. But I hope that, you know, we thought a fun topic would be chilling with the children today yeah. and thinking of what it really means to chill with the children. And, and hopefully what you got out of today was that the point of chilling with the children is to make a strong relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you want to improve the time spent with your children, then just increase the time. Time and management. Really- yeah, Cut be things there. That as necessary. Be there. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Just put it as a priority. You know, yeah. I think that's a huge thing. We could go on and on about what is required to do that, but I'll tell you what: our families absolutely need security in these days. There are a lot of things and people that are vying for the time of our children mm-hmm. and for our time, and it is only the strongest who will end up with the strongest family relationships. And when I mean the strongest, I mean the ones who are strong enough to say, no, I won't do that extra social thing. No, I won't spend my time on that TV or that computer or that phone. I I have chosen deliberately to spend my time with my family. And that Mm -hmm. very action of making a deliberate choice and following through is powerful and it is self government. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you'll find anything else that you need um, to, to know about self-government on the Teaching Self-Government website. You can ask questions there on the Teaching Self-Government support group. There's courses. Uh, a really great book that helps with relationships is Roles, the book Roles, The Secret to Family Business and Social Success. So you might want to check that out. And next time, I think we're going to be talking a little bit more about what really um, well, really, we can do to create an openness in that communication yeah. and how we can... Um, the key component to a good relationship. Yeah. So the key component to a good relationship is op- open communication. Mm-hmm. So Go what in do, depth on that. Yeah. So what do we do to really get people to open up? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Cool. And so we're going to talk about that next time. And thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.